Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us today. You can always find the audio editions of this at pathtozion.com. And uh, if you subscribe to this channel, you'll get updates. You know how to do all that stuff. I don't think people really need informed about that anymore. Um, we're not trying to rack up a whole bunch of crazy hits and stuff, so liking us isn't going to push us into the upper echelon of, of YouTube <laughs> YouTube hits so that we make the main page or something. I don't think that's happening. But uh, we are in the middle of the series, um, When Men Change Sabbath, Why the Church No Longer Honors the Biblical Holy Day. And we've been talking a lot in the last couple installments here about just the historical timeline of, of how the assimilation really started, of how people began to come onto the scene in, in the early church. And, man, insert new ways, new ideas. We have a new idea. We have a better way with no real reason as to why. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we talked about how it started with don't work on Sundays. There will be no work on the day of the sun. And that was a suggestion, if you will. And then it became a law, an understanding, an edict. And then, oh, by the way, anybody who acts like a Jew and keeps Saturday, seventh day, Shabbat, Sabbath, yeah, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be run out of the church. You can't be a part of the church if you do that. Um, and all these Jewish things and all the verbiage, the quotes we read are very painful to read that people who identified with the church would say such things about the people of God who carried the, the ways of Yahweh all the way to that time frame, to that time period. And they were beginning to be eradicated, run off, run out of the church. It was like, if you're going to do that, that's fine, but you're not doing it in the assembly. You're not doing it here. I don't like that. That that stings a little bit, you know? As one now who identifies as a follower of the way in the first century reality that we've already fully explained and talked about. The ones who are keeping the commands and ways of Yahweh Elohim through the Son of Yeshua, filled and empowered by Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Um... Those those individuals, the, the ones that kept kept Seventh-day Sabbath and feasts, they were not welcome in the new church, in the new Jesus religion. They were not welcome. That's why it was called the Christian Sabbath. It was a new idea, and they knew that. And it worked, and it's held all the way to today. So we've been talking about that in a lot of measure, a lot of different quotes. and um, I'm going to go in through some timeline here, and I'm just going to humbly submit that many people that I know will watch this program excuse me, consider themselves as someone who is now in the Sabbath rest. The, the, whether you quote Hebrews or something Paul said or, or, or some other understanding of that, it's very common to hear that, you know, now we're free and we're in Sabbath rest now. We're, we're, we're not under that law stuff anymore, the, the bondage and things, which it is not, as I've already explained that this is freedom I've never known. I never knew freedom like I'm in now when I was free in Jesus. When I was in the Sabbath rest, I was not free like I'm free now. I see now I was in bondage and I didn't even know it. I was just like the children of Israel we talked about in the book of Jasher, how they were just slowly assimilated and then enslaved and they had no idea they had become slaves. It's the same thing with the new religion Christianity with with new religion Jesus as the face of it it's not a biblical Jewish Yeshua at all 
They're very different. They're very different. And I know that's hard to hear. It's hard to say. I'm learning that myself. I shared that in measure at a gathering the other day. I feel it's hard for me to even talk about because it's what? It's undoing my identity. I'm having to depend upon the scriptures and upon the Father speaking to me and communing with him. And Lord, tell me who I am. Who am I? Who are you? Who is Who in the world is Yeshua the Son? Teach me. It's very hard, but it's good. It's beautiful. <laughs> Why? Because I'm finding truth. I'm finding my identity in the Father. That's way deeper than I was handed. So this Sabbath rest doctrine, I'm going to start talking to you about historically why we were handed that and very likely why you believe that today. Should you be a Sabbath rest, there is no Sabbath day anymore person. I believe this will help us understand that. Um, This has been referred to as the product of English Puritanism. Um, The Puritans basically carried this doctrine pretty much here eventually, but the Puritan teachings also affected many other countries, not just America. The Parliament of Scotland accepted them, I realized as I studied this. For example, in 1618, there were even in church documents that made their way into Holland, okay? Like historically stuff, when you can follow just these trails, it's all on the internet now, of course. But the Puritans brought their strict Christian Sabbath to America, okay? (laughs) They brought, and that's the thing, like when I talk about America being pagan and idolatrous and all these things, and even people who believe very much like I do stand up on the founding of the nation, the Constitution is very synonymous with the Torah and, you know, God's ways. And like I've said for years now, even before I came into what I am now and who I'm becoming, that's just not right. That's not true. We don't see the evidence of that, and we sure don't see the fruit on the tree of that. And so I continue to say that, and I've been saying that a lot in the last 60 days or so in all these teachings and podcast episodes we've been doing. And so when I read this, I'm like, this is why. Because the Puritans, what they brought to America was not a biblical seventh-day Sabbath. They brought a Christian Sabbath here. They brought an errant doctrine here to begin the Christian American church that we've all inherited. And so, is there any biblical understanding that the Christian Sabbath is right? Is there any at all? Now, we know there's not. We've already, I believe, proved that that's true. There's there's nothing to allude to that. Um, The Puritans even enacted these things called blue laws or Sunday laws. Now, oddly enough, I I was just studying this stuff as I had heard for the very first time that I remember, in recent history anyway, a guy in a message just the other day talking about this. As I'm studying this, I'm like, wait a minute. This is the same thing. This is what that guy was talking about. And these Sunday laws were to ensure the strict observance of Sunday, of the set-apart holiness of Sunday, going back to what was already before Reformation time period, about what was established about the holiness what we already talked about, the veneration of Sunday in exchange for the seventh day. Now, these laws were even more strict than those formulated by the ancient Jews to enforce the observance of their Sabbath. Sabbath. I'm reading this quote from the Puritans. The influence of Puritanism on American religious life cannot be overemphasized. The Christian Sabbath of the Puritans so much a part of their religious life worked itself into the hearts and minds of the American people 
and became a standard of the ideal Sunday of America. I would say all the way to today. I'd say that's remained. They, again, they brought a false Sabbath into this nation and began to build the Christian churches of America upon it. And I don't care whether you're in a church or out of a church or Baptist or non-denominational or surely Catholic or any other religion we can choose. You probably believe that Sunday is the Lord's Day. And it's because of this foundation. The Lord's Day Alliance. We're just going to read a couple things here about these formations of people, of people, councils, more modern day versions of councils that we saw back in the 3rd, 4th, 5th century. The Lord's Day Alliance, which was formerly known as the American Sabbath Union, is a Christian Sunday Sabbath organization based in the U.S. and in Canada. Now, this was founded in 1818 by mainstream Christian denominations. I'm not even going to list to you all of the denominations, major mainline denominations that are a part of this American Sabbath Union that was changed to the Lord's Day Alliance, okay? These churches work together. They don't work together on anything else now, but they'll work together to promote a false Sabbath. (laughs) They founded this Lord's Day Alliance in order to, quote, lobby for the passage of Sunday rest laws. The Lord's Alliance published a biannual magazine that, oddly enough, was called the E-Sunday Magazine. Now, here we are. We're almost right here to our back door yesterday. In the 19th century, there was established the Lord's Day Observance Society in the British Isles. Again, I know I'm being redundant, but this is not American. This is a global Luciferian fake Sabbath agenda. There's no way around that. 1906. The People for Sunday Association of Canada was successful in passing what they called the Lord's Day Act. 1917 and 1930, there were published reports of the condition of the global church that stated this, okay? Like, just like a cleric who said, this is what the condition presently of the global church is. Quote, There has been a manifest decline in church attendance and in any spiritual observance of a specific day during the present century. While Sunday is being observed as a day of rest, its observance as a day of worship is declining. It is fast becoming a day only for secular business and amusements, and little is being done to save it. 1933 This stuff continues into more recent history with such things as the Lord's Day Act in Canada that we just saw. It's still going on. Um, this Lord's Day Alliance, best I could tell, still in place. Um, there is in Canada this Lord's Day Act where a Roman Catholic Sunday League promotes Sunday Sabbath legislation. Now, now my question is, and, and we've got to keep moving here, why is there such an incredible ongoing effort to replace the Seventh-day Sabbath? Why is there such an upheaval of that that has to be changed, whether eradicated or replaced? (sighs) To use the scriptures again, that I keep saying I was going to repeat, desisting from our own ways, from seeking our own pleasure and speaking our own word. We are not doing that. 
We're not doing that. We continue to regurgitate the traditions of men that say we have better ways. We have better ways to find our own pleasures and we're speaking our own words. Now let's look at today. Churches are closing. It's 2021. We've gone all the way through history in in re- more recent measure. <laughs> Back to Yeshua. It's pretty good pace. Churches are closing. It's 2021. There's a global pandemic. Churches have not met many of them for almost a full calendar year now. Stuff that people said would never happen. Forsake not the assembly of the brethren, Joel. Don't you dare skip church, right? Well, why aren't we doing church now? There's a pandemic, you know. We can't have church services. Oh, well, that was fast. Churches are closing, y'all. Buildings are becoming vacant. Freedom in Jesus, Sabbath rest doctrine, and divorce from Yahweh's directly given commands to keep His Sabbath holy has led us to religious apathy and chaos. No form. No distinction. No marked, ordered way of doing hardly anything. And if we are, it's very likely the doctrines of men. If we are doing a form and a formula, it's very likely these men that we looked at post-first century that said, we have a new way and it's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day doctrine, which is no more better than having no day at all. We've talked about that. No absolutes, no form. Lawlessness reigns just as the scriptures foretold. You're not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to give me a day that I have to do something that I can't shop or I can't mow my grass. Let's be honest. I'm free in Jesus, man. Have you ever heard that? If you're in this walk that we're on, you've heard that. What, you you telling me you won't go do that on on a Saturday? Yes. Foolishness. I guess that's fine for you, brother. It's fine for you. And I'm saying, look, in humility, brother, I'm telling you, this was not my idea. (laughs) This isn't my personal preference. I didn't pick a day. This is not optional. There's nowhere in this scripture that we've read where Yahweh said, for those who want to keep my Sabbath, do it on Saturday. And if you don't, that's fine. We don't see that anywhere. This is just another installment of what we do here on the program, saying, does any of this stuff really matter? (laughs) The world may say that ignorance is bliss, but that's not sufficient for the true church. It's not. We can't say, oh, I I don't know anything about that. Ah, I don't know. I'm going to church, man. I'm praying. I'm reading a little extra on Sunday morning. No, that's not the point. Many leaders, pastors, priests will say, oh, I know. I mean, literally. Like, I've seen on videos and... And I've heard other brothers who have, who have approached to counsel pastors who just say, brother, you just may not know. Like, do you know that, that this is a, is, a, is a new endeavor that was put in, a pl- put in place by, by a new church? Oh, yeah, I know. I was taught that in seminary. I've heard countless men tell me that, firsthand experiences. Like, I've had pastors and preachers say, oh, I know Christians, pagan. But if I call that out and tell them that that's not biblical and that's opposing God... I'll lose all my congregation, brother. I can't do that. And then all of a sudden we start getting 
in some real tough, tough predicaments about our willingness to cling to what is right. <clears throat> A lot of people don't have any idea of this. I understand that. I didn't for many, many years. But no matter where we land, what do we do? Because what we observe matters. What we observe matters. What we mark holy and set apart and distinct matters. We must establish that Sabbath is made for our good. As I've said, this is a beautiful gift from Yahweh to his people that was brought out of his... He knew it at the beginning, at, very, at the very beginning of creation. He knew this was going to be something he would invite his people into. He would invite humanity into celebrating and marking themselves. It marked a holy, consecrated people by those who what? Who keep his holy, consecrated day. Now, I, as a Sabbath rest guy, realized that as a pattern of life, I never rested. Really, like the way I do now. I didn't rest. I never truly set apart an entire sundown to sundown time frame to reflect and rest and look upon everything in my life and look upon creation and look upon my father in the way that he did at creation and said, you know what? This is good. As with many things, until we do something, we will likely never even know how we would respond to it and what it's even there for. We may not even know until we do it. My wife and I are major proponents of that. If you're speculative about something in the Word of God, do it. Do it. Ah, feasts and Sabbaths just aren't for me. Do them for a year. Do them for a year. Do it for a year and see. Wow, that's... I'd rather... It needs to be in my heart first. It's got to be in your heart or it's not real. Really? Is that what we see in the scriptures? I thought we see obedience. Well, we already established that with, with Abraham. Well, he was just a man of faith. Didn't matter what he did. He's a man of faith. Oh, that's not what that said. We have read that. He was, we, he was the, the father of all the nations because he obeyed. He heard and obeyed the commands of Yahweh. But we don't hold that, we don't hold that anymore. We're free in Jesus now. Our freedom has not done us too good. We need to do something. As with Torah, God's laws to rightly govern man, this is for our good, man. This is for our good. This is for a beautiful expression of the Father that we will not know in our own observance of the Lord's day or by throwing it off saying, I'm a Sabbath rest man. Doesn't matter anymore. It's not a burden, man. This is no burden. This is no burden, trust me. It's a blessing. The oral traditions of the Jews, the additional commands, not Yahweh's, were the ones Yeshua confronted and called burdensome. Just because the, the, the early church men, those in the, in the apostolic charge of the new church, just because they said that's an old Jewish burden, and if you do it, you're out of here, doesn't mean it was now. Doesn't mean it was, just like the stuff with Paul. We're told those were accusations that they were not truth. They were accusations, not truth. Matthew 23, Yeshua makes this clear. Yeshua spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. He said, the scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, whatever they tell you, do. Wait, what? I thought he hated those men, said they were liars and and perpetrators of of their own laws and will. Well, not entirely. We need to be full. We need to be fair. When the scribes and Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses, 
Do whatever they tell you. Comply with it all. But do not do as they do. You understand the difference here? They say things and don't do them. Okay, so like we have to be full and clear. When these people come to us and say, we have been told there is a new Sabbath day. Sunday. And that's what you've been told, friend. You weren't called on the phone by a priest or a bishop or by some ancient Constantinian follower from who knows when. You were told by traditions. You were told by traditions. You were told by the repetitious generational hand that brought it to you. You have been told that this is a lie. The seventh day Sabbath. But he's, he's saying to us today, I would say Yeshua threw things like this, which are endless. Look, when they're talking about the law, when they're seated on the seat of Moses, listen to every single thing they're doing, friend, and you better do it all too. But when they start standing up and giving you all this extra stuff up here at the addition, don't do what they do. Don't do that. Where have we heard this before? Deuteronomy chapter 30. If you obey the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, like Sabbath, if you turn to Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart and soul, again, all these ifs, prerequisites, for this commandment which I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it far away from you. What? Torah. The law. What? No, that's not, it's not bondage. I've been told I can't do it. That's why Jesus came. Not true. It's not too difficult for us, nor is it too far away. The book of the law. <laughs> Mark chapter 2. Well, let's read 1 John 5, 3 before that. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Keeping the Sabbath is not burdensome. If it is... We don't understand the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2, Yeshua said to them, Sabbath was made for mankind, not mankind for Sabbath. So the Son of Man is the Lord of what? The Lord of the Sabbath. How can we divorce ourselves from the seventh day Sabbath, because there is no other, and still embrace Yeshua Jesus, who is the Lord of the Sabbath? You understand? There's some... Some holes in our doctrines. <clears throat> if he was the Lord of the Sabbath, would he abolish it? <laughs> he would kind of be deleting and canceling out himself. Doesn't make sense. Um, that's Sabbaton, if you're curious. That's the Greek in there. It's the same as the Hebrew uh, Shabbat. The institution of Sabbath, the law of keeping um, the seventh day of the week holy. It's the same throughout the text, Greek or Hebrew. <clears throat> the count of the blind man being healed in John chapter 9. They brought up, brought to the Pharisees, rather, the man who had formerly been blind. It was a Sabbath day when Jesus, Yeshua, made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight, and he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. How many times do I have to tell you? But some of the Pharisees said, not all of them, some of them said, This man isn't from God, Yeshua, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? Why do I read that? Because both of these are lies. He's not from God, and he doesn't keep Shabbat, seventh-day Sabbath. Both are lies, accusations. 
He was both a man from God and a Sabbath keeper. Both. Isaiah 56, to bring this one to a close, speaks of a day of a gathering of the nations. And what is the unifier? Let's take a look. This is what Yahweh says, guard justice and do righteousness for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness is about to be revealed. Blessed is a man who does this and a son of man who takes hold of it, who keeps from profaning the Sabbath. Okay, this is all throughout scripture once it gets in your head and on your radar, the Sabbath understanding. So, blessed is a man who keeps from profaning or making common, making commonplace, making nothing about the Sabbath. If you don't do that, you will be blessed. If you don't make it common and profaned, and keeps his hand from doing evil, let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will certainly separate me from his people, nor let the eunuch say, Behold, I'm a dry tree, for this is what Yahweh says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, and choose what pleases me, and hold firmly to my covenant. To them I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial, a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which cannot be eliminated. Also the foreigners who join themselves to Yahweh to attend to his service and to love the name of Yahweh to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath so as not to profane it, and holds firmly to my covenant, even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Yahweh Elohim, who gathers the dispersed of Israel, declares, I will yet gather others to them, to those already gathered. Now, who's being gathered? A component of this, a major part of this, who are those who do not profane, make commonplace, disregard, ruin Yahweh Elohim's seventh-day Sabbath. Now, you'll hear all the time, my house will be a house of prayer, and God will bring us to his holy mountain and all these things. But nobody seems to talk about these prerequisites, not just the ones who do this and this and this alone, but in part of this, those who do not profane my seventh day Sabbath day. Those who, the opposite, those who make it holy, like Exodus. Those who keep it pure, who keep it marked, consecrated, separate, and distinct. Profane is simply polluting, desecrating, wounding, violating, and making common. As I'm always saying, we have to ask ourselves, who are we? What are we grafted into, as we've already talked about parts ago? Does it actually mean anything to you, or is it just metaphor? Is it just spiritual metaphor? We're just grafted in, and I don't know what it means really, because I want the blessings of Israel, but I'm not Israel. I'm a Gentile. Oops, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, friend, no. As I've said, when you graft a tree into another tree, Five years later, which one's which, if it's done properly? You cannot tell. You won't know. That's the grafted-in principle. This is not mere metaphor. Therefore, the seventh-day Sabbath, holy, consecrated day by Yahweh Elohim, as we've said, is not just for a people in a certain time period. In fact, it is a creation-based fact. 
and it was purposely set in place, and then the people of Yahweh Elohim were invited into it to joyfully join in the celebration and honor and reverence of marking one day holy just like Yahweh our Father marked holy. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. I know this is getting long. We're about done. So stick with me. We've got a couple things to close the door on here as we talk about when men change Sabbath, why the church no longer honors the biblical holy day. We're answering those questions. Why? Why did men change it? How did they change it? And why in the world does no one hardly honor the high holy? It's not a high holy day. Like let's Don't misunderstand my verbiage if you're being really specific about what I'm saying. It is a marked Moed day where Yahweh said, this is an appointed time to meet with my awesome children that I love and am longing to reveal myself to. So again, it's a beautiful invitation. We're going to continue to get another couple pages behind us. We might only have one more part left. That's, that's my goal. So we'll see. We're going to talk a little bit more about this Christian Sabbath that's non-existent. And then we're going to close the door on this study. And I hope it's encouraged you, and I hope it's brought some light to maybe if you've had questions or if you've never even asked, that maybe this is helping all of us to come into an understanding that's right, scriptural, and true. You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Find us online, pathtozion.com. Send us an email. Reach out to us, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for watching. Amen.